When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to part two of this episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. I am your host, as always, Tony Defio, and I, I thank you for for sticking with me. If you're watching me live, and I I thank you for downloading part two. If you did that, and let's see who else we have in the, in the uh, live chat. Since I started rambling on and on 25 minutes ago, vodka drinker, maybe he's having some vodka right now. It's Friday night. Nobody's judging. Clarence Washington, how you doing, Clarence? Uh, to Cecil Music, who says of Lamar Jackson and, and the Ravens team that lo- that lost on Thursday to the lowly Dolphins. You never know any given Sunday in the NFL. And he says, Cecil says, Lamar Jackson is still not a great passer from the pocket. He's hit and miss and looks to bail and run quickly. That's a pretty fair assessment. And from what I understand, I didn't see Thursday's game at all. I was at, actually at the Pitt, North Carolina game watching my uh, Panthers uh, uh when a a, a, a a nip and tuck and fair fair with the uh against the Tar Heels uh uh in overtime to maintain their their lead in the uh, ACC coastal division and you know if you've ever seen him in the live chat T money that's my good friend Terry he treated me to the game he's a great great guy he's very generous and it was a fun time I mean you know say what you want about college football a lot of people don't like college football I love the atmosphere. And I had a tremendous amount of fun on uh, on Thursday with my friend Terry watching that game. And, of course, it helped that they won. I mean, they were up 23-7. to 7, And the Tar Heels kind of, you know, came back uh, pretty quickly. And 
And uh, they had to, they had the Panthers on the ropes at the end. So you know, if they would have lost, maybe I'm not feeling so great. But t- tonight, but they didn't lo- they, they didn't lose, and I am feeling good. So, and it's uh, I got off on a, a tangent there. But um, what was I talking about? The uh, the Ravens and uh, Lamar Jackson, and and I, I didn't get to watch the game at all on Thursday. But from what I understand from reading Twitter and, and some articles, the Dolphins really had a great. Um, game plan on defense to to slow down uh, Jackson. They kind of disguised a lot of things at the line of scrimmage. The uh, the, the, the linemen were kind of dropping into pass coverage while the, the defensive backs were, were blitzing. So they did a lot to confuse him. And, you know, maybe that's a nice blueprint for the rest of the league to follow. And, you know, the Steelers, maybe they don't need a whole lot of uh, help because, you know, they've, they've pretty much made – you know, Jackson look ordinary in the uh, two or three times that they faced him on, on, you know, their defense over the last couple of years. So we'll see. But I think um, bottom line is uh, the Ravens have their issues too, just like the, uh, the Steelers and a lot of teams. And, uh, you know, people were talking about the, their first eight games, how lucky they were. And, you know, they were kind of scraping by. You look what, look what happened to the line. Look what the Lions um, almost did to them. They, they theoretically, theoretically should have beat Baltimore, but Baltimore kind of escaped. Some say they, they were, were handed that game by the, by the officials. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm excited about the second half because this, this race provided Pittsburgh wins on Sunday and boy, if they don't, wow. Uh, provided they beat the lions, you're, you're looking at, you know, two teams that are six and three and two teams as of right now are five and four. I, I don't know who, I, I don't know if the Browns are off or the Bengals are off, um, but they're both five and four right now. So uh, yeah, it's going to be a tight race all the way down to the very end. So, um, you know, last night's, Lost by by the Ravens was huge, I think, because it it, it really sets sets up a, a, an exciting final two months of the season. Speaking of the refs, the officials handing teams games, uh, let's talk about Cassius Marsh and that ridiculous taunting rule or emphasis on the tar- taunting rule in 2021 by the NFL. And uh, was it 3:40 left in the fourth quarter? He sacked Ben Roethlisberger, seven-yard sack. You know, he did a pretty sweet Bruce Lee-like kick, and then he went and kind of stared at the Steelers bench. And, you know, he is a former former uh, Steeler, so he was just in their training camp over the summer. And you know, I guess that was his way of, uh, you know, his, his little – remember Joey Porter back in 07, the year after he was cut, and he landed in Miami, and, and Miami came here for that mud bowl and – I think he sacked Ben or something and uh, you could see him on the sidelines mouthing to his teammates. You know, you still love me, but I was Randy Marsh's version of that. Although it seemed more menacing and it happened in an era when the NFL was emphasizing a ridiculous thing in my opinion. So anyway, Marsh was called for uh, the Steelers should have punted, but Marsh was called for taunting and the Steelers had new life and, um, did they score points on that? Yeah, they kicked the field goal. So it would have been 23-20, and, 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 and the uh, Ravens would have – or I'm sorry, the Ravens. The uh, Bears would have got the ball back. And, you know, 
when they did ultimately get the ball back after Boswell kicked that field goal, um, the, the second field goal of the uh, fourth quarter, um, if they would have got the ball back uh, without that field goal, that you know, or I'm sorry, after they got, I can't, man, I'm really rambling. That anyway, after they got the um, uh, the ball back, they went, they marched down the field and 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 scored that uh, go ahead touchdown that I talked about earlier to make it 27-26. Without that call on Marsh, maybe it's 27-23, and um, it's a whole different ball game at the end as far as strategy for Pittsburgh. Because they would have had to go for a touchdown, of course, and you know, would the offense have had it in it to be able to score seven points there instead of three? We'll never know. But as I wrote about the other day, I am kind of glad that it happened because the NFL needed a call like that to happen in a ho- in a high-profile situation, just to to um, let them realize that look, this is a dumb penalty this is a dumb emphasis for 2021 and you're going to cost a team uh an important game at some point if you keep uh making your officials look for this rule or or look for this this um activity in an nfl game because really what harm did marsh do by staring at the steelers bench what 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 effect did that have on the game did, did he hurt their feelings did he did he did he did he start a fight none of that happened and yet uh it cost chicago possession and ultimately cost them three points three points that may have altered the game at the end again we'll never know so um hopefully the league will realize that it can't let something like that affect a game potentially affect the game in a big way and they will just have their officials de-emphasize taunting or looking for taunting uh over the final two months of the season we can only hope um because i'd hate to see a, a a game ruined by somebody spinning a football or or a flexing in the direction of a receiver or whatever whatever these guys get called for and of course, in, in the case of Marsh, where he got called for, I'd hate to see a game be ruined by that because it's just ridiculous. I mean, these guys work so hard, and uh, you know, people say, "Well, act like a professional." And and the funny part about that is, there's such a gladiator feel to the NFL. I mean, these guys they 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 run out to seventy thousand screaming fans with their faces painted. They're all dressed the same. They they're all dressed like the players. Uh, there's pyrotechnics. You know, loud music, you know, and, and of course they're they're all running around 150 miles an hour, and, and there's like a gazillion uh, small car crashes throughout a game, and yet we don't want these players to show any emotion after they make a big play. You know, we don't want them to be you know, show any kind of menacing emotion, any kind of like I told you, so, like it's just it's such a you know, and honestly, this is just this is I have no way of knowing this. This is just pure speculation, a pure hot take on my part. But I think a lot of these NFL owners are so angry or, or, or put off by these celebrations. You know, what was it, like 2017? It was it 2017 that the, that the league said, you know what, forget it. We're not going to penalize twerking or anything like that anymore. You guys have at it. 
You guys have your celebrations after you score touchdowns. We're not going to do anything about it. I think uh, some of these owners are, are so upset about that that they, they, this is like the, the league's way of appeasing the people who don't like celebrations by saying, "Okay, you don't like celebrations? Well, we're gonna we're gonna try to do something about taunting." How's that sound? You know, I, I think that's what a lot of a lot of what's going on in here. On here, in my opinion, I could be wrong. I'll never know. Maybe somebody will write a book about it one day. Somebody with inside knowledge. But to me, that seems like that's what's going on because it seems like such a weird thing to emphasize because you know, you know, it's not like a little five-yard penalty. It's a fifteen-yard penalty. It's an automatic first down. And as we saw on Monday, it can alter. Uh, the course of a game, um, you know, and this brings me to another point. Why does the competition committee have to get together each and every spring and, and create these rules or emphasize these rules and, and, and kind of like uh, gum up the works uh, and, and, and make the, make life more confusing for these officials. Why do they have to do it every year? I could see meeting every three or four years or every couple of years and, and going over the rules and going over what needs to be fixed. But why do they have to do it every year? Uh, and it's not like the competition committee, you know, is a, is a comprised of a bunch of people who wouldn't have a job otherwise. I mean, these are all, this committee is made up of what, you know, Mike Tomlin's on a committee. It's like owners and, and coaches and general managers, you know, these are people that don't need, you know, it, you know, if they did away with the committee tomorrow, they would still be doing okay for themselves. So, so uh, why can't they just institute new rules every couple of years? You know, if there's something that really that they think is really needs to be addressed. Okay, fine. But like, why do they have to do this every two or three years? Why can't they just, or why, or every season, I should say, why can't they just wait every two or three years get together again, go over some things and institute a, a bunch of new stuff. Why is that to be every year? Um, they have to introduce new stuff. It's just, to me, it just, it, they're just overburdening the officials and making them think about too much stuff during a game. <clears throat> and um, uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm uh, talking too much, uh, but yeah, like, to me, it's like it's it's almost like you know, the league has, has become so successful over the years <clears throat> that the owners uh, want to micromanage it to the point where you know they feel like they have to be involved in every little thing. And to me, I think I think they're just doing too much. And I think if it were up to me, I would have this committee meet maybe every other year. That's just me. I have no power other than this podcast. So, and I think that's all I have for tonight. Oh, one more thing. One more thing. <clears throat> I think Monday night's uh, the, the tail end of Monday night's game was a, a a great lesson. And I talked about this on the Hangover with uh, Brian and Shannon on Monday. I think it was a great lesson in situational awareness when you're talking about uh, you know where you are in the game, um, what the circumstances are. And that brings me to Ray Ray McLeod, who uh, fielded a punt with like six minutes and 20-some seconds left in the fourth quarter. Pittsburgh's up by 10 points. Um, you know, I kind of – I don't know about you, but I kind of felt pretty darn comfortable at that point. 
when when they when they forced a fumble, or I'm sorry, when the defense forced Chicago to punt at that point, I'm thinking, all right, you, you never you never sleep on an NFL game or an opponent, but up by 10 points at, at that point in the game, I was starting to feel pretty good that they would kind of salt things away. Or at least the offense would come on and take enough points off the or enough time off the clock that you know it would be almost impossible for Chicago to to, to mount a comeback at the end. But Ray Ray, um, he didn't just uh, call a fair catch there. He, he he tried to do something with the punt and he fumbled. The Bears quickly picked it up and scored, and just like that, we had a ball game. And as you know, the game nearly got away from Pittsburgh. And you know, if you saw Mike Tomlin's press conference after the game, when he was asked about McLeod's mistake, he was pretty darn miffed, you can tell, the way he addressed it. He called it inexcusable. And you know, perhaps, you know, maybe Danny Smith gives McLeod a, 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 a the green light every time, but maybe from now on he shouldn't. Maybe, maybe. They should be more aware of where, you know, maybe it's a teachable moment, not just for McLeod, but for the coaches too, that, you know, maybe they should like get in their ear and say, look, we're, we're in a good situation right here. We have six minutes left. Don't worry about trying to do anything with the ball. Just fair catch it and give it to the offense and let them run the clock out or, or try to run the clock out. There's no need to, to, to be a hero here. Um, you know, and, and maybe that's harder for a young player to uh, to do unless he's told to do it, you know. And maybe that's where coaching will come into play with with, with a, a youngster like McLeod. You know, you just say, "Look, um, we, we 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 like what you do. We we enjoy your talents. We think you're you you, you know you're capable of doing a lot as a return specialist. But when you get to certain situations in the game, be smart." And when I say be smart, I mean call for a fair catch because nothing bad can come from a fair catch. So you might not make it on, on, on you know, ESPN's top 10 list, but you won't make it, you won't become a goat either. So hopefully uh, Ray Ray learns from, from that mistake. Hopefully the coaches learn from it and uh, he'll grow as a player. So because, you know, if you really look at it, at, at last Monday's game, if if they win that game twenty three to thirteen, nobody's really talking about how ugly things were. They're they're talking about well, it was kind of sloppy. They didn't look great, but they controlled the game from beginning to end, and you know they 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 won rather comfortably. But now everybody's all alarmed and wondering what's wrong with this team. Is the defense horrible? Because up until the the McLeod fumble, the defense was playing pretty well. They gave up what one touchdown. You know, so, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's a lesson that needs to be learned from him and, and the coaches, I think. So those, that, those are all my thoughts for tonight, and I will take your questions and comments. I believe I saw a super chat from Thanks Mean Joe, a $5 super chat. I got to go find that bad boy. Or maybe I already passed it up, or maybe it's, maybe it's down below. Either way, I saw it. I got to find it. And uh, maybe maybe I was seeing things. Excuse me. I don't seem to see it anywhere. Maybe I. Uh... Oh, there it is. And again, uh, thanks, Mean Joe. Donates five dollars to the cause. 
And thank you. Thanks, Mean Joe. And he asks, how bored are you with every team's entire defense racing to the end zone after every turnover? It's gotten old and not very original. Well, I mean, it's it's not original, that's for sure. I mean, I I, I don't that stuff doesn't bother me. I, I don't care about that. They, they can do that. I mean, if it's the Steelers that, that that are doing it, I'm usually feeling pretty good because they, they just made a big play. If it's the other team doing it, well, I'm like worrying about how that's gonna affect the game. So I'm I'm not even paying much attention to to uh, their celebration. I mean, whatever. I mean, it, it's a fad that'll pass like everything else, you know. I, I, you know, it's like, uh, it's, it's the defense, I guess, doesn't get many opportunities to celebrate like that. So I guess that's their version of a touchdown celebration. But like you said, you know, it's not really original anymore. They all do the same thing. You know, you see the Steelers that when they do it, they're running to the end zone. TJ Watts sliding on his butt, you know, uh, taking, you know, fake pictures of each other, whatever, whatever they do. But it is what it is. You know, to me, it doesn't really affect my enjoyment. I tell you what, though, I was at the college game last night, Thursday night, and boy, are their commercial breaks long. Three plus minutes. If you ever want to know why a college football game lasts so long, that's why. It doesn't seem so bad when you're watching it at home, but when you're in the stands and you're watching that guy on, on, on the field with, with, with the, uh, the media timeout uh, clock that they hold up now, it's a digital clock. Man, it's uh, it's painful to sit through. So yeah, that's more that's more frustrating than than these uh, unoriginal celebrations. But you know, thank you for the uh, for the uh, the well thought out uh, question there. Uh, thanks, me, Joe. It was a uh, it's, it's a good. It is it is uh, pretty redundant anyway. It's unoriginal. I know that. And this is just me. And and she says, Tony, been watching you with my grandson since you started. We. We love you. Now he goes out and watches games with my group. Thank you. Wow, thank you. That's, that makes me feel good. Makes you feel good. I, I uh, uh, so you're 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 uh, raising a, a another Steeler fan. So uh, our future is safe. That's good to see. And thank you for the compliment. And this is uh, from Russ Obenstein, and he says we all saw it coming with Ray Ray a few games in a row where he didn't control the ball. Coach should get a hold of him and tell him to call for a fair catch to secure the ball. Well, if you remember back in in the day, that's what they used to do. Like guys like was it Will Allen and players like that would uh would be uh, sent back there when it when the situation called for it. Maybe it wasn't Will Allen, but it was a veteran player like that. You knew he wasn't going to return return the punt. He was just going to going to um fair catch it. Um, why they can't do that with the uh with the uh the the superstar punt returner why he, they can't just have him go hey fair catch and catch it i don't know maybe it's because they're they're just champing at the bit to uh to return one that you can't really trust them to call for a fair catch i don't know but you remember, if you remember back in the day antonio brown when, when he was their primary punt returner they would always put the other guy in again i don't think of i forget who the running i think it was a running back it wasn't will allen it was a running back but anyway he was a veteran and they would put him in there uh when, when a situation called for a fair catch, and I'm like, why can't they just leave Antonio Brown in there to call for a fair catch? But maybe, you know, he was a youngster at that time. Maybe you just couldn't trust him to, to do the smart thing because he wanted to make a, make a big play. But yeah, I mean, I think Ray Ray should definitely um, 
no, 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 the situation in the future. You know, if it's a tie game, if you, if it's a close game, yeah, sure, you want to make a big play. But if you're up by ten points with six minutes and change left, um, you know, if you get a couple first downs there, you take a few minutes off the clock, you're just going to make it that that much harder for the for the Bears to be able to do anything. So yeah, in the future, use your head. You don't need to be a superhero every 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 play. You can you can uh, you know play smart. Steelers Pittsburgh says Switcher made a living on a fair catch. There you go. That's a good point. I mean, he, he, um, he, he seemed like he was going to be more dynamic the first time he, uh, he filled that role for Pittsburgh. If you, if you remember the, uh, that Cleveland tie, that debacle in week one of the, of the uh, 2018 season, he looked like a pretty dynamic returner, but he never really quite built off of that. And yeah, you're right. He basically morphed into a fair catch uh, guy his last couple of years. And this is uh, Mark Tobin as a coach. If you don't get far with the punt, I can live with that. But if you fumble and give up a touchdown, yeah, that's a, again, yeah. I mean, you know, we're not talking about Antonio Brown. I mean, if Antonio Brown makes that kind of mistake, if you're Mike Tomlin, what are you going to do about it? You can't do much about it. He's a superstar. You can't get rid of him, but, Ray Ray, for as good as he is at returning punts, he's not, he's not, uh, you know, uh, one, one of the all-time greats. Yeah, so there's a plenty of guys out there who probably would love to have the opportunity to return punts for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So Mike Tomlin didn't look pleased. Um, yeah, I mean, if uh, if uh, the Steelers' injury situation at receiver was a little, a little bit better right now, obviously Juju's out for the year. And as you may or may not know, Chase Claypool will miss Sunday's game with a, t- a toe injury. If, if, if uh, that situation wasn't so, uh, if they weren't so injury depleted, uh, Ray Ray might've uh, been shown the door already with, the, with that fumble uh, on Monday. So that's a definitely, uh, uh, hopefully a wake up moment for him. Of course, see some music. He's talking about the uh, 76 Steelers, uh, 28 points allowed over the, over a nine-game span, yeah, that's uh, you talk about a, a a defense coming together when it had to, rallying and and just saying, you know, we're not going to let you pass the fifty. Uh, of course, it, that run started after Terry Bradshaw was slammed on his head by the uh, Browns' Turkey Jones, and Pittsburgh was one and four, and they were coming off back-to-back Super Bowl titles, but they looked like they were going to be um, left for dead that year, and as legend has it, Mean Joe, when it was when it was learned that Bradshaw would miss a few games because he went on to miss, I think, five or six games after that that play. Mean Joe said to the uh, to the rest of the defense, they'll never get past the fifty. Nobody gets past the fifty from now on. And you know that wasn't totally accurate, but it was pretty darn close. Obviously, obviously it, that was a different era. That was the uh, the final year before the Mel. Blunt rule was instituted, so it's a lot harder to to play that kind of defense today over two months. But yeah, that was uh, maybe the greatest stretch of defense in the history of the NFL. It was fantastic, and of course Pittsburgh uh, parlayed that all the way uh, into another appearance in the AFC title game. They they fell short, but yeah, it was quite a run. Uh, 
And this is uh, Rajon39. He says, the guy, the Steelers cut, looked pretty good as a returner before he fumbled. You're talking about Matthew Sexton, I believe. Yeah, he looked pretty good in the, in the uh, in preseason, but uh, I don't know if he caught on anywhere. But, you know, I'm willing to give Ray Ray a, uh, a uh, second chance. I mean, he's, you know, it didn't cost him a, a, a victory. And, again, he's pretty darn good at his job. He just has to learn how to, how to, uh, he, he has to learn when to, be aggressive and when, when to be smart. So. And Clarence Washington asks, Tony, what do you think about the running backs not named Najee? Not much. I don't think much about it. I mean, Elijah looked like he was going to be something special in the preseason, or at least not special, but a pretty darn good reserve, but we've seen nothing from him. Benny Snell is Benny Snell. I mean, he's just a former fourth round pick who, you know, basically a downhill runner and he's, you know, not, nothing. Anthony McFarland can't seem to get on the field. He can't seem to stay healthy and get on the field. So I don't know what to make of him. Um, but they're using Harris so much, uh, He's such a workhorse. At this point, it doesn't seem to matter. And this is their MO. I mean, no, no matter how many times people try to advocate for a running back by committee approach, that's just not Mike Tomlin's style. And once again, he went out and found a running back like he did with Le'Veon Bell. He went out and found a running back that, that he wanted to make the focal point of his offense. And Harris looks like another one of those kind of players. So, um, like Brian said in the, in the summer, like, does it really matter who your second and third running back is? Probably not because, you know, those guys are sometimes interchangeable. But this year, it doesn't seem to matter who any of them are as far as their depth is concerned. You know, will it come back to to bite them if Harris gets hurt? Yeah, but even if those guys contributed more up to this point, it's not like, it's not like uh, they were probably going to do anything anyway if they had to start. So I, I don't think much of those guys, but you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's just not how they do things. They don't really have a running back by committee approach. And, you know, uh, you know maybe, maybe a, a Benny Snell would do a lot better if he, if he was the workhorse, we'll never know because he never really had that chance or we don't know yet because he never really had that chance. Yeah, Steelers Pittsburgh. Yeah, Claypool's not playing. BTSC said everyone's playing except Claypool. He, yeah, he's out with the toe. He didn't practice on Friday, and, and he's out. So um, their top two receivers are going to be Deontay Johnson and James Washington. Uh, Cody White, I assume, will be number three. Um, but Eric Ebron's coming back. He's not a receiver, but he's a big. He's a big receiver in a way. He's a tight end. Uh, so I think he'll he'll add another weapon for Ben to throw to and they can utilize him. He can, they can create some matchup problems with him. You know, he's not, obviously he's not the, he's not a speed runner, but he's pretty fast for a tight end. So, uh, you know, sometimes you just have to ride these kind of injuries out. You know, uh, people were saying on, on Twitter, maybe they should kick the tires in, on Odell Beckham uh, because of the, of the uh, Claypool injury, but that's not a, I mean, you don't do that when a player is week to week, you do that when a player's out. 
and, and you need somebody else, Claypool's going to be back. Sometimes you just have to ride these injuries out for a couple weeks, you know. So it's going to be a challenge without Claypool because I think he's their most talented uh, pass catcher overall. But, you know, they're, they're playing an 0-8 team. Um, so they're just going to have to find a way to, to, to get it done. And on that note, I will take this time to say goodnight to, to you guys and, and end the show. It was a fun show. I, uh, I had a great time talking to you all and, 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 uh, I'm pretty excited. I'm getting more excited about the Steelers each and every week. And, uh, I look for them to, to take care of business on Sunday. I'm not saying they're going to go out and win 50 to nothing. Cause I don't think they have that kind of team, but no matter how they do it, I look for them, I look for them to take care of business against the lions and, uh, be sitting in first place by the end of, uh, of Sunday night. So I hope you all have a great weekend and I hope you enjoy Sunday's game. And until I talk to you on the hangover with Brian and Shannon on Monday, go Steelers. Take care, everybody. Oh, how it rips me, but makes me live for tomorrow. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.